Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is November 17th. How's it going, Pat? Good, Mike. How are you today? Very good. So, Elon Musk, I've been uh, hearing a few different things now about the Cybertruck that's coming out that he's got. And so they started testing it the other day. And it, uh, what it sounds like is the the pickup is going to weigh around 10,000 pounds mm. on the longer range model. So, for example, on the off-road testing they were trying to do, Pat, the pickup weighed so much it couldn't get out of its own way, essentially. It mm. was trying to go up a gradual incline of just gravel and basically it was digging a hole um so it's going to be very interesting as they try to move towards electric vehicles and try to keep their weights down especially like semis and mm-hmm. things like that but that cyber truck was supposed to be so performance friendly but at the same time uh, from a off-road perspective it's struggling really really hard uh, on that aspect. So I thought I'd kick that off with the podcast because we're going to talk mainly about how corn is living in a soybean market right now and how soybean market is really pushing around hmm. these grain markets in a focus of discussion. And I saw an interesting statistic the other day from Ag Resource Pat, and it was that uh, California consumes 99% of the U.S. renewable diesel until this point. So that's a really high percentage. Like I knew it was high, but I didn't know it was that high. California consumes ninety nine percent of the country's renewable diesel, yes. <clears throat> but it's still point two percent of the total fuel supply, or something. I'm sure yeah, it's higher exactly. than that, but it's right. It's pretty small yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the but whole I mean, renewable diesel um, um, industry is because of California today. Completely. Mm-hmm. Way more than I was initially giving it credit for. So it, um, other states haven't quite adopted that use quite as fast anyway. So how do you feel about Calif- your soybean demand you know, for renewable diesel and this expansion at this point solely being in the hands of California consumers? Well, a couple um, random thoughts. The first first random thought is that your whole story about, um, you know, a, 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 about a battery-powered truck i mean there's basic physics at play there right yeah. there's there we can figure out uh, <clears throat> what torque and horsepower is for electricity but how many pounds of battery it essentially takes to 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 generate the thing is an issue that has yet to be resolved but likely will at some point in the future that's the first point the second point is is that one of my three sons thinks that elon musk might be an alien i don't know which uh, understood but yeah <laughs> I've heard crazier yeah. things, <laughs> which uh, um, isn't maybe quite as crazy as uh, what is going on in California today, and and so um, there uh, uh, certainly are isolated as it re- as it relates to their mandates as it require as it as it relates to requirement for for renewable diesel, and as a pork producer and being engaged in the pork industry, um, their quirkiness. For, is about the nicest word that comes to my mind yeah. is is uh, 
um, is is well on display with its uh, uh, leading. The, they would also be 98% of the of the uh, uh, pork that's produced in this country. A 24 square foot gestation for sows also exactly goes into that market. My mind went to. Yeah, exactly. And so, so um, someday it's. Uh, I, I I'm hopeful. I suppose is the right way to say that. That. All of the things that California does to make their economy uncompetitive, um, at least when a person believes in free market, uh, uh, free market enterprises, that uh, sooner or later that'll catch up to them, right? Yep. In terms of if they continue to um, mandate uh, uneconomic things, sooner or later it's going to create some deficits and population change and and money flow and all of those things that's that that's, that's going to make it a little bit tougher for that economy to go and you can make some arguments that's happening already right yeah and so anyway i'm not sure if if that's all where you wanted to go with all of that but it is it is interesting and it is also interesting to um acknowledge recognize observe uh the uh, uh that soybean oil stocks are at record low levels mm-hmm. in spite of crush levels being at record at record yes. correct and so so there's no doubt that influence um whether we agree with policy or not is having uh, an impact at least on soybean oil stocks when i think about that from the impact that it might have on balance sheets whether that be corn soybeans soybean products wheat any other commodity that you're talking about um the good news is is that there's uh, the uh, the impact that California's um, uh, appetite for soybean oil there it will be limited to crushing capacity. Yeah. Right. And so I just say that be, just to remind us that we know, like we know how many how much. Um, Soybeans are going to be processed this next year within a reasonable range yeah. because the, the facilities are effectively at capacity. And we know what's under construction today. And we know how much um, uh, processing capacity will be coming online this year, next year. I even got a pretty good idea for three years out. And, and so I just say that because there's plenty of times where um, – other market analysts would be talking about, uh, boy, this is a, a, a huge thing and it's unknown. We don't know what's going to happen to corn and soybean balance sheets because of, of renewable diesel. Okay, it's a, it has the opportunity to change balance sheets uh, as we go forward here. But it's a known, not an unknown. We yeah. know what's happening as it relates to additional processing capacity being constructed. And frankly, the same thing was true as we went through the ethanol expansion era, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about, well, this plant's under construction. These guys are doing this thing, that sort of thing. And so um, so um, it's all good stuff. And, and we might have to fly by the controls a little bit here, just watch things mm-hmm. as it relates to the impact that it has on the, on the commodities that we most care about, frankly. Um, and it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see, too, what impact that has on um, producers' planning intentions going forward, corn versus soybeans, you know, all of those sorts of things. I'm interested, too, to see the differences between, you know, we had this food versus fuel debate Mm -hmm. on corn. It's going to be a very similar debate on soybeans, but I am interested to see where it differs. For instance, Pat, uh, do you think for a hog producer or a cattle producer that this won't be as big of a negative impact as maybe what corn 
versus or food versus fuel was for like corn, how basis was going, uh, has strengthened a lot in, in some areas of the world, uh, like ours probably here because of ethanol, um, availability of corns tighter. Um, you know, uh, what about on the soybean side? Cause you're going to be producing a lot of meal just like you were with DDGs from corn, but I feel like an end user would maybe benefit more from soybeans in this debate than you would have in the corn side maybe well potentially but there's that that's it's potentially possible it should it should all things being equal yep right it should create more meal availability in the in the domestic market that's your point yes right um and, and and while that's true on the surface i would just say that again there's a whole bunch of different levers that can be pulled as an example, um, maybe we don't export as many soybeans and we do export more meal. Mm-hmm. Maybe we import, maybe California imports palm oil from somewhere instead of, you know, buying, uh, you know, soybean oil from the U.S. Um, may, maybe there's a, there's a change in, in, uh, in feed rations that allows for, um, you know, less, uh, less disappearance on the feed grain side and more on the oil seed side, right? So there's all kinds of different adjustments that can be made. And those adjustments will end up might being, it'll matter by region as well, right? And so again, those are all things that um, can happen and likely will to some extent, but it'll be a, it'll be a function of, again, sort of flying by the controls. We don't have to try to like look out the front window of this thing and guess Right. Mm-hmm. We can we can see the math. We can the real crop producer can see the the relationship between new crop corn and new crop soybeans, make a decision. The uh, end user can look at the cash price of soybean meal and the cash price of DDGs and corn and make a decision. Right. And so mm-hmm. all of those things will be able to fly by the fly by the, the controls, if you will. The last part I would just say about this is we sort of think about it from a um, from a more from a longer term perspective. When we went through the food versus fuel transition debate and, and uh, you know, committed uh, uh, 40% of the corn production at the time to, to uh, producing ethanol, um, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about the, the, the first part of this conversation today. There wasn't much talk about mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, transportation industry you know, moving uh, to, to EV. And so that's a very obvious apparent thing. So it's yeah. fascinating that, that we bring this up today, right? That, that you started the, 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 the podcast with, well, what about this electronic battery powered truck? And then we start talking about renewable diesel. If the first thing happens or whenever the first thing happens, then renewable diesel isn't much of a play. And so it gets a little bit interesting to me that you're going to be upgrading, building, um, executing on a whole bunch of technology to uh, transform soybean oil into renewable diesel for one state for a few years. Yep. It gets interesting in terms of, of how much sense it makes to spend that kind of money in, in terms of transforming that industry into something that, that may be a fleeting thing. Well, the energy market has definitely had its impact here recently on commodity prices. 
the uh, surrounding it, U.S. crude oil production here, we're holding at about a record of 13.2 million barrels a day, Pat. And uh, OPEC is going to continue to cut their production through the end of this year. But uh, we are looking at retail sales really pulling back the first time in seven months. And we haven't had a large anticipated Q4 draw yet. So we do have uh, really high stocks right now on crude oil uh, all of a sudden because of the output. So uh, we are having a little bit of a sell-off in the energy sector here that I believe spilled over into things like corn as well. We put a new fresh low in at 461 on December corn the other day. Uh, some of these commodity markets in general have just had a little bit of a risk-off attitude, Pat, in, in general here. Live cattle had a really rough streak there for a bit. Crude oil was getting hit. Corn took a little hit. Um, soybeans have down been down a little bit. Uh, and pretty much all of the egg commodities, one way or another, have uh, been put under some pressure here, haven't they, Pat? A, that's right. It's a challenging time, and you... I characterized this nicely this week about how we've um, is is bad economic news good for commodities or is good economic news bad for commodities and the Fed raising or not raising interest rates in the middle of all of that frankly gets a little confusing yeah. right and and so I think that's a little bit of of crude oil's problem today is is that uh, it uh, it wanted to rally on a war which it normally would, especially in yeah. the Middle East, right? Um, and it wanted to sell off on this inventory build or, or internal dynamics. But, but it still is, is also, there's also money flow in and out of that crude oil complex sort of based upon whatever your latest guess is on whether or not interest rates need to uh, uh, stay unchanged and does that create a soft landing sort of a thing. So there's an awful lot of... of of I guess confusion, but for sure uncertainty surrounding all of that, and it's definitely adding some more volatility here lately. And frankly, the corn market has the same I guess quote unquote issue, right? I mean, we're it feels like we're adding a little more volatility to this thing. We haven't done an incredible amount of of damage as it relates to breaking out of this trading range that we've been in, but it seems like we're bouncing a little bit harder inside of it talk about a market that needs some volatility indeed it's been a while right yeah. and and but i i do think that we're still at a little bit of a standstill here i mean we're we we are increasing u.s crop size um and even inside of of the u.s balance sheet here we're seeing um incredibly wide basis levels in the eastern corn belt we're seeing incredibly narrow basis levels in the Western Corn Belt. And so even that sort of offsets itself a little bit from a futures um, price market perspective. And then when you sort of layer on top of that, the challenges, um, well, not the best start to, to Brazil and Argentina, right, in terms of their growing season. And so I don't know, Mike, I, I it, again, it feels like we're, at, we're starting to add a little more volatility to this thing. And my guess is, is that what happens with South America weather as they get into their growing season is is what's going to push us out of this range uh, one direction or the other. That'll be the leader. But volatility, we are going to welcome it, especially in, in the corn market and some of these other ones to, you know, in corn's case, farmers have been incredibly slow sellers so far this fall. And uh, a little spike in volatility is going to provide some hopeful selling opportunities in that complex to shake some corn loose. So thank you for your time today, Pat. And if you need anything else, please give us a call at the office. Thank you.
Thanks, everyone. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.